the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and the broadcast today I'll be joined by Owen Strand of the Family Research Council as we discuss the social justice movement from a biblical worldview. Stick around and reach out to me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Hey, by any chance do you know of any attorneys or aspiring attorneys who seek to make honoring Christ and following his word the centerpiece of their practice? Or maybe that describes you, an attorney who desires to practice as part of a firm that seeks to honor Christ and display his character to every client. The Brit, Iowa-based law firm, Sigrith, Jones, Lips, and Backey is seeking to hire an attorney for their growing and active practice throughout North Central Iowa. Please reach out to them at 641 641- Eight four three four four five one. Support for the Plumb Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Support for the Plumb Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Owen Strand. And Owen is the author of a new book called The Warrior Savior, with which, Lord willing, we'll discuss that book on a future broadcast of The Plum Line. Not going to talk about this one this time around, but I'll just bring that to your attention so you can look it up, The Warrior Savior. He's also a senior fellow for the Family Research Council, and I have really appreciated the writings, blog postings, and insights of Dr. Owen Strand for a lot of years here, and I'm really excited to have you on the broadcast, Owen. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jay. I do appreciate it. Yeah, and so many different topics. It's funny because before I started the Plum Line, I made a list of topic ideas and things, and I had your name behind about six of those different topic ideas on the list. <laughs> uh, and yet this is the first time that we've encountered each other here, and I'm so thankful for it. So we're going to talk about the social justice movement, uh, CRT, and other aspects and things about it. And this is something I've addressed a number of times on the Plum Line, but uh, I don't know. I think maybe I was just doing a little bit of reading to the Washington Stand or something. I don't even recall kind of how I 
decided to make this the first of our visits together here. But you did write a book a couple of years ago, came out very timely when we were kind of at the height, I guess we could say, of the social justice movement, Hijacking the Gospel, which is part of the title of the book. It's called Christianity and Wokeness. And so let's start really basic here. Like I say, the majority of my listeners are probably very familiar with wokeness and CRT and social justice, all these catchphrases here. But if you would just kind of define for us a little bit about what we're talking about with this particular subject. Yeah, with wokeness, uh, that's the banner term that I use in my book, as you said. So in Christianity and wokeness, I argue that wokeness is being awake. This is how woke voices themselves would define it, so we're not seeking to do something unfair. Wokeness is being awake to the nature of systemic injustice in a society. So if you are unwoke, you can't see that on the concept of race on that topic, racism is actually everywhere. When you go woke, when you wake up and you read critical race theory and related texts, social justice advocates, then you understand, ah, you have this kind of Copernican discovery that actually racism is everywhere, and that even implicates you, or that it at least implicates people who are in the privileged position in society, racially or otherwise. You are actually an unwitting participant, but very much a guilty one, in this broader project of systemic injustice. Mm. And honestly, to start off really basic here, to hold to that view or that doctrine of wokeness, you can't hold to a biblical worldview at the same time. You really can't, because what God holds us accountable for is our own individual sins, and those are significant. Those necessitate the great mercy of God uh, shown to us in the cross of Christ. But yes, wokeness says, hey, uh, just so you know, you're not just a sinner— Uh, You're a sinner committing sins even when you have no intention of committing sins. We have a category as believers for for doing things unintentionally, but wokeness as a system, let's be less polite here, Jay. It is telling white people in America that they are especially evil just by virtue of being white, and I'm putting white in air quotes, and uh, there is no such biblical indictment. The Bible does not teach that your skin color makes you an oppressor of other people. The Bible does not teach that pastors are supposed to call white people or any people of any skin color to repentance based on the color of their skin. So yes, this is an unjust and unrighteous system. It's preaching a false gospel. Yeah, and yet there are many, even those who would be born-again Christians or those who would think they're born-again Christians, that are subscribing wholeheartedly to this, and many churches even. And I guess it just boils down to what the Scriptures say, that this would happen. There would be false teachers, false teachings that would infiltrate the church, and we're seeing that in our day with the whole CRT and social justice and all of this that you're talking about. We are. And in my book, Christianity and Wokeness, I try to be very clear that, you know, we can drift into error as Christians. So a genuine Christian can end up drifting into error. In fact, every day we live as a believer is a day we have to fight our own drift. We have to watch our life and doctrine closely, like Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.16. So I don't want to say, Jay, publicly or elsewhere here on the air, that anybody who would ever buy into a woke concept is automatically an unbeliever. That's, that's not what I, I right. believe personally. However, we also have to make sure that ungodly ideologies don't take us captive, Colossians 2.8, and it's easy for that to happen. That's not something that has happened once every 50 years in church history. 
Satan is always testing the fence. Satan always wants all of us to embrace false ideas, false behaviors, ungodly practices. And so our life is a a grace-powered fight, a gospel-centered fight against the flesh and ungodly thinking. One thing that I really want to do, because the plumb line has the goal of looking at issues from a biblical worldview, but also, even before that, I guess we could say it has the goal of proclaiming the gospel, because God made it clear to me that if people don't know Jesus Christ, they don't really care what the Bible says about whatever issue or topic, and so we got to start with that foundation of the gospel. And so I wanted to have you, in essence, convey the true gospel in comparison to this false gospel that you said social justice is. Uh, Yeah, I love that question. The the true gospel is the announcement that Jesus Christ has died for sinners on the cross and risen from the grave to give us eternal life. And so when we repent of our sin, that means turn from our sin, and we trust in Christ by faith, we are saved. We are born again. And now, uh, that's not the end of the story of our salvation. Now our salvation actually begins in our own experience, and we walk with Christ, and we're progressively changed through the Spirit's power uh, to look more and more like Jesus. And so that's the wonderful news that culminates in our home going go to heaven when we die, and uh, then we end up living eternally with Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. So the Christian gospel is the story that everybody's looking for but can't find. And the woke gospel is a false gospel. It's got a false narrative. It's got false sinners. It solves a false problem that everybody's skin color makes them, if they're the majority group, you know, impossibly evil. And it's not a true gospel. It, it, it teaches people. and whether somebody knows about the woke system or not, listening to you and me, people are going to know today that that kids, for example, in many settings are just basically taught that they're a victim. Everyone's just a victim of their circumstances. Mm -hmm. And we aren't closed-minded, hard-hearted Christians. We know that there's a lot of sin out there and people really do get hurt. But we don't teach people they're a victim of sin and evil. We teach them in the power of Christ, they can overcome sin and evil. And so all of that is bound up in the true gospel, not the false one. Yeah. Well, I'm going to carry on from that thought in just a moment here, but let me share my email address first here, because if there's someone tuning in right now who is hearing that gospel message proclaimed by Owen in just such a straightforward and excellent way, and it's kind of ringing true to you, maybe for the first time, maybe something you've heard many times, because most people in America have heard the gospel at one time or another, but if it's ringing true for you, that means the Holy Spirit's just working on your heart at this moment. And I want to share my email address so you can reach out to me and I can discuss this more with you if you need some more information or just need somebody to pray with you. I would be glad to do that. The plumbline radio at gmail.com. Plum is P L U M B. Remember, there's a B at the end of the word plum. The plumbline radio at gmail.com. I'd love to have you reach out to me. Uh, one thing that came to mind that I wanted to follow up with off from what you shared there is that the motivation, I guess, behind the social justice movement, at least in some cases, and particularly from those who are honestly genuine Christians and yet still are kind of deceived into this social justice movement, that the motivation is, is maybe based off things that the Bible urges us to do. And I'm looking at a column here that was written a little bit about your book, and it brings up uh, Micah 6, 8, very familiar verses of what we are to do as Christians, and Isaiah 1, 17, and philosophies and principles that we are to show concern for those who are weaker or oppressed. These are things the Bible, you know, calls us to do, but just not in the manner that wokeness does it, I guess. That's exactly right. The most dangerous systems out there aren't ones that tell you something completely imaginary. 
you know, unicorns are in danger of taking over our world and we've got to fight them with unicorn guns. Okay. I mean, that's just not going to get a whole lot of adherence if we're honest, right? except for people who are particularly concerned about unicorns. <laughs> the most dangerous systems that try to take us captive are obviously ones that have an element of truth, maybe even possibly, Jay, depending on how it's presented and how historically conversant it is in terms of the American past, let's say, maybe they have a serious element of truth. So you think about the American past. Well, yeah, there's all sorts of partiality. There's all sorts of discrimination against people on the basis of skin color. Uh, There are terrible things that have been done against black people, to use that term. So we can say all of that (laughs) without blinking and without blushing. But here's the deal. Wokeness says all of that stuff happened and all that stuff is real. But actually, this is Ibram X. Kendi, the leading woke voice in America. Actually, things haven't gotten better. The civil rights movement didn't get some good things done. Racism is actually worse today than it used to be. And the average, air quotes, white person uh, is this white supremacist. So it used to be that the white supremacists were the ones who burned crosses in people's yards, evil as that was. Now the white supremacists are ordinary white people walking around committing microaggressions against people of color without even knowing it. And that's where we have to go, hold up, hold up, Kendi, hold up, woke voices, hold up, woke pastor. Racism is a real sin. Everybody should fight against it in their own heart by the power of Christ. Absolutely. But it is just not the case that ordinary people who aren't showing one hint of actually being racist are committing, air quotes, microaggressions. This is made up. This is fake. This is imaginary. It is not the case that America is more racist right now in terms of public law and practice than it used to be in the 19th century when we had slavery in practice. This is crazy talk. So America is being gaslit. It has been gaslit for a number of years now. And part of what Christians have to do is say, speaking the truth in love, this is a lie. We should oppose racism. We should oppose oppression wherever it's found for for any reason. But we're not going to fall prey to this system. We're not going to teach our little kids to separate according to skin color. We're not going to teach the kids of color, so to speak, to hate the white kids. That's a lie. This is divisive. It's destroying our country. It's destroying churches. And the gospel of Jesus unites. It doesn't cause us to hate each other. Yeah, exactly. Which leads to another foundational principle that I'm going to sum up this first uh, portion of the broadcast with. And then when we come back after the break, I want to spend some time just kind of with an update on where this whole movement stands from you. But uh, I wanted to hit one other thing first. One of the my favorite broadcasts I've done was uh, One Race, One Blood, based on kind of the answers in Genesis teaching. Well, there's obviously many others that teach that, but Answers in Genesis yeah. was the guest on that broadcast. And so If we were to come at this with that truth, that reality, which comes right out of Genesis and other places in Scripture, it sure would solve this problem, I think, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Acts 17, 26 is what, uh, you know, that title uh, alludes to, that term, one blood, from one man or one blood came all the nations of the earth. That's exactly what we need. We've got to remember the image of God. We've got to remember every person is an image bearer. This is huge to the work that you do. I know, Jay, this is big in in my little work as well. We've got to know that every person has a common divine foundation and even was made to know God. And so there's dignity and worth in the human person. That's a very different foundation than teaching people that we're just divided and we hate each other based on skin color. It is absolutely true that sin has corrupted image bearers, but that actually has not erased human dignity and human worth. 
So part of what we have to do in taking a stand against wokeness or whatever else to say, this isn't a good foundation for humanity. We know that the true foundation and true ground for human dignity, and it's the image of God. Yeah, amen. And I would really encourage people to pick up a copy of the book here, as there's a lot of scripture included in there. We don't have time to get into all the different verses that I would love to uh, have time to bring up. But Christianity and Wokeness, How the Social Justice Movement is Hijacking the Gospel and the Way to Stop It, references lots of scripture and just a lot of great insights from my guest, Owen Strand, on the plumb line today. And as I promised, we'll come back with more and some discussion and updates of kind of where things are at with this movement, if you can stay with me here on the plumb line we'll be back in just a bit and i encourage you to reach out and say thanks to the business sponsors that you hear during this break and if you can do business with them utilize their services that would be so greatly appreciated as these businesses make it possible for the plumb line to be on the radio in your area you can reach out to me and share your thoughts anytime at this email the radio at gmail.com When it comes to education for your student, Northwest Christian School believes that trusted truth transforms. With that in mind, they developed their fully online Christian school, NCS Online, for your kindergarten through ninth grade student. NCS Online curriculum has been developed in-house by experienced Christian educators and is infused with a biblical worldview. NCS Online provides a rigorous, affordable, customizable online education in an established Christian community and culture. Visit ncsonline.org to learn more or contact their admissions team at 602-978-5134. You're tuned in to The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, on the broadcast today. My guest is Owen Strand. He is a senior fellow for the Family Research Council. And we're talking about the social justice movement from a biblical worldview. And as promised, I wanted to get an update myself here because now that I'm in a little bit of a new role producing the plumb line here, I used to be a news director for a Christian radio network, and I paid a lot more attention, I guess, to the quote-unquote news of the day. And now I'm just dealing with topics and issues from a biblical perspective, and they're not necessarily things that are super timely. I don't have to be as timely with the things that I'm doing here. And so all that being said, I'm not following as closely as I maybe should be with kind of where things are at. So I'm wondering, Owen, is this social justice movement like a lot of quote-unquote fads and things? Was it at its height in 2020, 2021, and, you know, thereabouts, and now it's starting to fizzle out, or is it going just as strong? I would say it is both fizzling and enduring. (laughs) So a little confusing there of an answer, (laughs) but uh, I'll, I'll take the second part first. You're seeing that DEI standards have worked their way into lots of corporations and universities, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI as it's often called. And so those were institutionalized and bureaucratized in the last five to eight years in a lot of settings like corporate America and, as I say, colleges and universities. And those are having a disastrous effect in lots of different systems. For example, one major effect practically of DEI bureaucracy is a given, let's say, business will say, we're, we're hiring due to our DEI investment so that we don't get too many white people. <laughs> we don't want white people for these roles. We need to increase diversity. This is commonly the way it's put in America. And so we're going to only hire people of color for this. You saw this recently pop up with uh, United Airlines, which is trumpeting its diverse flight crews and all-woman flight crews and these sorts of things. And that's happening even as United is having some brushes with disaster in the air. And so 
in sum, what we're seeing is that DEI bureaucracy is having a poisonous effect across the land. So that's discouraging and bad. Mm. Here's what is encouraging and good. <laughs> Lots of people have now woken up to see that this ideology, no pun intended, is bankrupt. It's counterfeit. It's foolish. It's preposterous. It's not grounded in reality. It is a terrible idea at the practical level to teach, again, I'll just use these terms, little white kids that they're evil oppressors of kids of color. That's a terrible idea, just inherently, without any regard for the child's individual spirituality or life. So I think a lot of people have seen that. I think a lot of people have seen the critical race theory divides. It doesn't unite. I think a lot of people see that this is deeply impractical. Forget whatever you think about ethnicity and race. If you are hiring people on the basis of their skin color, when there are jobs that need to be done with great skill, irrespective of skin color, you are not only setting up your own company for disaster, you are setting people up to be deeply unsafe. If, for example, your job, you know, transports people from one place to another. So I don't know where things are headed, Jay, but I can say I'm very thankful that there's been a massive backlash against wokeness. People are waking up. This shouldn't mean, lastly, I'll say this quickly, that we then go to the opposite extreme and we despise people who would be woke or have a certain skin color. That would be the wrong way to go. Or that we would say white people are inherently better than other races or especially good. That's not a good outcome either. But there's a lot in the air, a lot that's being sorted out, and uh, it's been fascinating to watch. Yeah, and the really interesting, strange thing about all of this is it violates at its core what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood for about you know, not being judged by the color of your skin. It certainly does. That wasn't his core message. That's not what he was known for. MLK Jr. was mixed up in some Marxist stuff, so that's not good. Right. <laughs> but fundamentally, the message he promoted, yeah, was one of not being judged by the color of your skin, but the content of your character. We can say as Christians, he wasn't an evangelical Christian, but we can say that's a sound idea in terms of common grace. Yes. Yeah. And I'm recollecting that the Supreme Court dealt with this regarding affirmative action at colleges and universities, but yet it sounds like maybe they're going to have to deal with this very same thing. I would imagine somebody's going to sue, or maybe somebody already has, over these DEI principles, and it'll end up at the Supreme Court again, I suppose. Yeah, they need to be sued into oblivion over these realities. Absolutely. You're just so thankful for people who will hold you know, colleges, universities, corporations, whatever is in view, hospitals, I don't know, to account for these things. And if somebody is listening to this program and they see some terrible DEI bureaucracy having bad effects in their workplace or in a related workplace, absolutely, that is one of the best things we can do as citizens is actually use what is still standing of our legal system for good and sue such corrupt practices. Yeah. Well, we have a couple minutes left here, and that's one thing right there that you just brought up. But I want to get into our response as genuine born-again evangelical Christians, those who are trying to live according to a biblical worldview and the principles that God has shown us in his word. How do we handle this? How do we address what's going on in our culture and our world? You know, I think the most obvious thing is we just belong to good churches where the gospel is preached, the love of God is promoted, uh, sinners are called to account for their sin, and there's this glorious vision of God's people that doesn't reduce us to what skin color we have or what background we have or how much money we make or something like that. We don't let 
divisive worldly ideology and Marxism. We've been talking about what's called race Marxism, but Marxism of any kind is always divisive and always poisonous and is history's most successful bad idea. But anyway, we don't let that kind of ideology divide us and cause us to hate one another because someone else is wealthier than us or has different skin color than us or has a better job than us. Or This is really basic to say, but we just love one another in Jesus and we reach out to fellow sinners out of love. I think if we could build stronger churches that are grounded in scripture and aren't grim and severe and dour, but are genuinely filled with the joy of Jesus, that's going to be really appealing to people around us because we are in a day and an age when people are being divided for all sorts of reasons, classified into different categories. So that's the major response I would have. Yeah, and pray for all those who are being deceived for one reason or another and to ask God to guard and protect our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And part of that is putting on this full armor of God, which is described in an article I have in front of me here and standing firm, because it's not terribly helpful if we just are silent Christians either and we just say, oh, I'm just going to go bury my head in the sand and not you know, speak out against any of this, I don't think, does it? I think you're exactly right, Jay. You got to go to Second Corinthians ten three to six. You got to realize that Satan tries to imprison us in strongholds, which means feed us bad ideas and get us to believe them and live by them. And so, what the gospel does, what the word of of God does, is it demolishes those strongholds. And in love, we want to reach out and we want to tell the truth. And we have to just take a stand and boldly say these ideas are poisonous. But not just that. We have a better worldview to offer you. It is the Christian worldview. It is goodness, beauty, and truth itself. And so we're going to take a stand and both speak against evil, but even more than that, promote what is good and beautiful and true according to Scripture. Mm -hmm. That's so very well put. I so appreciate that. I do hope to visit with you more about other things in the future, including uh, the new book, The Warrior Savior. My guest, Dr. Owen Strand, Senior Fellow with the Family Research Council. Thanks for being on, Owen. Thank you for having me, Jay. Appreciate you. And thank you and the listening audience for tuning into The Plumb Line. I would encourage you to reach out and share your thoughts or comments, questions you may have about the broadcast. You can do so at this email, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. Plum again is P-L-U-M-B, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. Appreciate you tuning in and appreciate your support of this listener-supported radio ministry as well. And you can reach out at that email to find out more. We'll see you next time on The Plumb Line. The Plumb Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.